Hello everyone, we are in no means experts on any of the topics we are about to discuss. We are, however, lifelong friends along with the slew of guests we will have joining us. There's nothing we love to do more than to voice our opinions on multiple topics. Some of you will agree with us, some of you won't. We can honestly not care either way, we just hope you enjoy the banter. So, without further ado, we encourage you to sit back, relax, and welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Mike McCall, with my ever-so-lovely co-host over there, Jared Trudeau. Hello, everyone. Hello. And today we have our very special returning guest, not Willie for once, thank God. (laughs) But we have Chris Process back on the show. Hello there. Happy to be back after a somewhat controversial episode last time. (laughs) What was the last one you were on? Wasn't it tinfoil? Conspiracies. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. That's what it was. Conspiracy ones. Um, So today we have a topic that we are very much looking forward to discussing because it has been... Honestly, it's probably what... I, I feel like it's very safe to say that it's the one thing that brought the three of us together. Well, in you. terms of well, <laughs> me, me joining you guys because you guys were at Father Marquette together, yes. but we are discussing basketball, not just basketball, NBA basketball. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, hey, we don't clarification. We could be talking high school. We could be talking college. We could talk about the sport in general, but no, specifically NBA. A lot mm. of things have been going on recently in the league. Um. And we have All-Star break coming up, the trade deadlines Thursday. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, especially on that trade deadline business. But we're going to hold off on that for a little bit. Um, actually, Chris, real quick, I just... So, uh, we're going to do this a little weird because Chris, no, has other en- Chris has other engagements that he has to get to. So, we want to cover the stuff he wants to talk about before he might have to bail before we finish the episode. But real quick... I just want your opinion, and then if you're still here when we get to the trade deadline stuff, we can we'll get more into it. Just your just initial reaction to the biggest news in NBA world since yesterday, Kyrie Irving to the Mavs. What are your thoughts? Go. Um, my my very first and strongest reaction is that this was probably the point that we're going to be able to look back to in three years to say, oh, that's why Luca left the uh, Dallas. <laughs> Um, yes, <laughs> but we will, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll get back into it. I just wanted your initial reaction. So everyone It'll else be, can get it in a, in a more immediate, uh, sense. I am excited to see the offense, uh, created between those two. I mean, Chris Paul and James Harden a few years ago was problematic, but it was still awesome to watch when they were both, uh, firing on all cylinders. And I'm imagining, Kyrie and Luca, uh, who are somewhat more creative, it might be argued with the ball, uh, will be pretty fun to watch as well. But like I said, I don't think it's going to lead to a championship. I don't there's think it's no, going to lead to Luca staying. And I don't think the defense. There's where's there's the there is none. There's none at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, that's fair. All right, but first, what we did want to get into with Chris, or more so, what Chris really wanted to talk to you is we're going to open up with. Some of the, of the highs and lows so far here about, what is this, roughly about what, 50, 55, 50, 50 something games? Yeah, 50, season? 55. So, somewhere around there. So we'll start with, I'll open the floor over to you, Treads. I know, uh, but 
what are what are some things that you've been seeing going on that you're uh loving and or hating perhaps as a laker fan (laughs) (laughs) um but you know just in general in general what what, what's been drawing your most attention from the season this far uh honestly there's there's been some surprises i'd say as far as where teams are um in in the standings per se like i'm i'm honestly surprised that golden state's only two games above the lakers um i'm surprised that uh what is it the pistons were as bad as they are this year like we all were feeling pretty good about them when we were talking in that one podcast i was very hopeful yeah we were very i'm gonna i'm gonna call injuries on that one kate cunningham's been out like the entire year almost like, yeah, we were all cur- like curious and excited and like really high on the Pistons, and they haven't even cracked fifty. Do they at least wins. own their draft pick this year? Uh, I hope I'm, so. I'm what have sure they? Who have they gotten that would be worth a first round draft pick this year? <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> Bojan? <But laughs> did they did they oh, trade a first rounder to to Utah for Bojan? Because oof. I'll look it up quick, but yeah, no, I was, I, I was also disappointed. Uh, like you said, Cade going down. Um, I mean, we, I, we're pretty sure we talked about it when it happened. That was, that was just the, uh, at the end of their season, there's no real reason to go on, but I was, I was still hopeful they'd be not last in the conference again. Yeah. yeah. They're only team they're doing better than is the Rockets as far as league wide. And that's because the Rockets are tragic yes that being said they are tragic but i will say one of my one of my surprises at least has been i don't know if you guys have watched any rockets games or even remotely Mm -hmm. paying attention to them but out of no i say out of nowhere he was a first round draft pick but alperine singoon kind of balling the fuck out (laughs) like Hold on, let me let me pull up his he's twenty year old and right as of right now he is averaging fifteen nine and four as a as okay. a big. Which again, like it's not out of these world numbers, but like given the for a bad for a bad team, those are solid numbers for what is happening and shows a lot of promise, especially since you're looking at a second year twenty year old kid. Right. I'd say I'm also genuinely surprised well not genuinely but i'm surprised the grizzlies are second in the western conference right now i'm actually not that surprised we've been i know again mike and i have talked about this but we've been kind of eyeing them as up and coming for a while and with with john morant showing last year yeah yeah exactly with john morant showing last year what he was primed and ready for i was kind of expecting them to be tops in the west if not tops in the league uh, they're they're really reminding me of the Thunder from a decade ago, which we all in, really enjoyed watching. Yeah, yeah, hopefully though Memphis learns from the mistake that the Thunder made <laughs> a decade ago. Um, but honestly, like for me, it's just like and a little bit of an overgeneralization here. But like one of my my biggest disappointment, like honestly, my biggest disappointment is the lack of quality in the East. And one of my surprises, which it's not like it's crazy to say is it's a surprise because up until like maybe for like three years now, the East has always been the worst conference. But the quality of competition in the West 
I mean, we're talking literally from 13th out of 15. The Los Angeles Lakers are in the 13th spot. Minnesota Timberwolves are in the seventh spot, the last spot in the play play in. There is three whole games separating seventh and thirteenth. I know the lake. The Lakers have been in thirteenth like and, for majority and that's of just the season, the, and it's just like it's still close. Like it's, and that's just that's just the play in. Like if you want to look, like Dallas, Dallas and Minnesota have the same. They're both they're 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 the same. They just own, Dallas just owns the tiebreaker. Uh, Phoenix, who's at five, only has a half game on the two of them, and then the Clippers in four only has a half game on the Suns. Yeah, and then Sacramento at three is at seven, which also Sacramento third. It's happening. I'm. I finally. It's late enough in the, <laughs> the year Kings. where I feel confident enough. I can say that the Kings playoff drought is finally going to end, and I'm so happy about it. I was excited to talk about the Kings. They've been by far my happiest surprise, even more than uh, the Celtics actually uh, doing well, despite their coach doing weird doing weird stuff this off season. Um, well, yeah, Joe, Joe Mazzulla has been really good, but yeah, he's been not bad. But the Kings, the Kings have been um, outstanding to watch. Tyrese Halliburton and or not Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, yeah, yeah. De'Aaron uh, Fox, are just like a, a wonderful combination. So that. I kind of want to circle back to the Kings topic because I feel like if I start talking about the Kings, I'm going to unintentionally uh, segue into the all-star conversation. I know. I was uh, already going there. Like, in yeah. My head. <laughs> um, so, uh, I will I'm say gonna, this, though. As, yep. a, as a Lakers fan, I am... Dis- I wouldn't say disgusted, but I'm not surprised with the way they've been playing given... The front office lack of and like all well, lack of shooting, the moves the front office have done that just got you sitting there scratching your head like what, what, and yeah. just like I, I expected them not to do too well, but I keep being so hopeful just because like we were saying it's so close in the West, like and you still got LeBron, you still got AD. If they're well, both I mean, on the floor together, you're always gonna have a puncher's chance. Yeah, and I'm personally, I don't know about you guys, but on top of the Lakers, I'm genuinely very excited to watch tomorrow night's game. And I I will be watching it very closely. I don't think he's going to get it. Like 36 is more than well within his his the man's ability. averaging like 30 points a game. If he he knows what's what could potentially happen next game. I feel like it's against Indiana, isn't it? I thought it was okay. It's against the Thunder, yeah. Oh, is it yeah. the Thunder? For, yeah, he means 36 thunder. against the Thunder? He might just do yeah. it. I think the team will just be like, LeBron, you're going to get... 40? Yeah. <laughs> like, 40 is not I mean, that hard. In today's, in today's NBA, and I was going to talk about this, in today's NBA with offensive being uh, inflated from what they've you know been in the last 10, 15, 20 years, everybody's numbers are up. Everybody's averaging 20 points a game and 40 for... Uh, you know, people half LeBron's age is doable. He can certainly pull it off. I think so it's that- just exciting as not even a Laker fan or a LeBron fan, but just a fan of the NBA to like Dude, potentially it's, watch. It's incredible. The, yeah, every watch- basketball fan who's a fan of the sport, period, should have something uh, positive to say about it. Like it's, it's it's truly like the a lot of the like I've talked to a few non-real basketball people and they are not fans of LeBron and so they're I'm just like well you know he's about to pass Kareem and they're just like yeah but in how many seasons like 
the same as Kareem. <laughs> like he's in year twenty. Kareem played twenty, so it's like, <laughs> like what, 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 where's the negative here? Like I'm not. I'm and not the craziest the biggest... part is that with if you wanted to include all their playoff points, he's been in oh, his Kareem for a couple since of years. Twenty yeah. what? Twenty eighteen, I think, is when he passed them. Yeah, he's been a, th- a couple thousand points ahead of him, uh, including yeah. the playoffs. I mean, regardless, yeah. just like I'm saying, like you gotta sit back and just kind of be like, "Damn, this is such a moment in history that we're gonna." Well, I mean, no one see. thought Kareem's. No one thought this record was gonna really be tu- like gonna be touched. The thing's been around for when did Kareem set it? Eighty nine. Yeah, it's been over. Or no, like no, he, forty years. I no, he, he didn't. He broke. It was pass. Wilt's record. He broke Wilt yeah. in like '85. I want to say in like '85, and then it was those last like four years where he just was able to pad it. But on. He was he was older and he was kind of coasting and he was able to just use magic to get him you know 15, 20 points a night. LeBron's still the focal point Dominated. of his entire franchise. Yeah. LeBron has yeah. the almost the same stats as he did in one of his MVP seasons with the Heat. It's incredible. Like the <laughs> the longevity of like again, I'm not a hu- I'm not a I, I you don't, don't have to be it. a LeBron fan. You can just I'm be not like, yeah. Damn. I'm not a LeBron I res- but I respect him and I respect what he's done for the game and everything he does is still impressive. Oh yeah. Like it's I mean he's he is a grandpa in in the eyes of professional basketball and he's still the best player on pretty much every single floor he steps onto. He's got pl- people he's playing being like, bruh, you played against my dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jabar- <laughs> Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, when, the, when the Lakers played the Rockets, literally just mid game, just like, hey, you know, you played my dad your rookie year, right? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, I think LeBron, if I remember correctly, LeBron's response was like, don't do that to me. <laughs> Stop. There's, there's a list of he's he, there's a small list. He's, of yeah, he's got he's, a he's got a small like team of father son duos that he's played against. Like he's crazy. got. If I remember correctly, he should have been around for Tim Hardaway Senior. So Gary obviously Payton. you got Gary Payton. Gary Payton yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary Trent. Yeah. Gary Trent's of the world. It's so just. It's, it's getting to the point where like you cannot like LeBron, but you also got to like kind of realize that like what he's doing is insane. And you got to, like you said, you, you respect him for it. Like, yeah. And it's not going to like, he's not going to be playing forever. Like this is the last little run he's got here. And like, it, but I, I mean, me, what is the last little run? Because he's still, like you said, averaging thirty. He's still, <laughs> he's still he's at only, the top. He's of his only thirty-eight years old. Like, why why can't he play until forty-two? Well, honestly, might, honestly, at this point, I think I think the only hope the NBA has of LeBron just retiring is him holding true to just wanting to play with Bronny on the same, like to be the Ken Griffey's of so basketball, sick. and then just dip out after that. Well, the the other thing too that like, yeah, he's gonna break the scoring record, but he's like, didn't he pass or isn't he close to like Steve Nash on like the assist record and stuff? Like he's top, I think he's top. He's very 10 close. In, he's top four in assists. I know. I just know oh. he's like top ten <laughs> in every single major statistical category. Rebounds, assist, maybe not rebounds. He might not be top ten rebounds yet. There's a lot of really good rebounders in the back in the day when goaltending and but he will uh he will be i think the only well definitely the only person if he passes forty thousand points but he'll be the only person with uh thirty thousand points and then ten thousand assists and ten thousand rebounds that's yes yeah that's true that's 
Oh. And it's a damn shame that the Lakers just suck. <laughs> like, well, it, it is. You're right. It's 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 not watching Tom Brady win Super Bowls, you know, when he's, 40, he's 45 three. years old and being amazed by that. Uh, steroids be damned. Um, yeah, he's he's playing he's playing it out <laughs> on a team that even if they make no the play in, will get what maybe a game off of you in the playoffs, and and they're done. They're not going to do anything. Like as of right now, if my memory serves me right, he they if they make the playing spot right now, they're eyeing the Timberwolves, which I'm like, honestly, I think they could, I I I think they could beat Minnesota in a, in a one game, but then they have to go and play either Golden State or New Orleans after that, and I don't think they beat Golden State or New Orleans unless Steph's not playing for Golden State. But let's be honest, if Steph's not playing for Golden State. Golden State's not beating the Pelicans. And at this point in the playoffs, when games are every other day, I could see an Anthony Edwards um, being the best player on the court multiple times oh, in a series. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anthony Edwards, oh, my goodness. But real quick, I just, we kind of like glanced at it. Uh, but that's one of my, what I'm absolutely loving has been the offensive explosion. Like these scoring outputs, man. Mm. Like. Donovan seventy one. What just, Donovan seventy one? What was two impressive. two days? Just two days ago, we had four players drop forty. One of them being Cam Thomas. Well, didn't Luca go on like a how many game stretch of over forty points? I mean, like yeah, that? he got fifty a couple times in a row. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, like it's just the output is insane right now. And like, yes, everyone knows the whole the old adage of oh, defense wins championships, and it's true. But offense is goddamn entertaining. Actually, oh, so yeah. let's use that real quick because time is moving along um, as a as a segue into All Star snubs uh, because that right there is the reason I don't believe that there are All Star snubs. Everybody who has been brought up as a snub of some sort, Pascal Siakam being probably the biggest name. Uh, really, every, everybody's stats are inflated. Everybody has good stats. There are tons of players uh. averaging twenty points. There are tons of players averaging ten rebounds. There are tons of players averaging five assists. Oops, sorry. My, my microphone yeah. fell out. And so, like, this year, there's going to be a lot of, well, this, you know, my favorite player, my the this guy on my team is scoring 20, and that he should be an all-star, but it's there's a lot of there's a lot of offense. You got to pick, you got to look deeper than the offense this year. Mm-hmm. So, but, like, honestly, like, my biggest thing, like, I don't, to me, you, I'm with you for the most part. Uh, there's just one thing that I slightly, there's only one real thing that I think should change from the, like in terms of the selections. And that's that I personally, I had De'Aaron Fox over Jaron Jackson Jr. As the last all-star. I know like positional wise, that's probably what it came down to obviously. And realistically with Steph now, Steph's injury being and him being out for the all-star game, it's down to like a lot of people are think assuming that that his replacement's down to Anthony Edwards and De'Aaron Fox, and again I want to give the edge to De'Aaron Fox because he's having the best season of his career on the third best team in the conference, and he's been solid his entire career. It's just Sacramento around him has been so bad recently, like obviously up until this year. Mm-hmm. But like to me, I just I would have I would have preferred Darren Fox over Triple J, even though Triple J, like Triple J deserves to be in there too. It's just that's my per- that was my personal preference when I saw the the drop the name drops and everything. 
It might have been harder for them to put two Kings on the All-Star team rather than two Grizzlies. Even though they're literally like a game apart. But the, that stigma is still, I mean, it's 18 years old, you know, it's just a fresh. Oh, okay. They're a little, they're, they're two and a half games. Sorry. The Grizzlies are two and a half games ahead of Sacramento in that number two spot. And I wouldn't be surprised as the season, uh, you know, as everybody kind of tightens up and gets squeaky as the playoffs get nearer that the Kings sort of fall back a bit. Um, I don't think they're the third best team in the West. Mm-mm. No, the I mean, if well, I I'm looking at the four seed, and let's be honest, the Clippers will never scare me until Kawhi Leonard proves that he's not afraid to play basketball for once in his entire <laughs> life. Like I don't know, like I get the whole load management thing, but it gets to a certain point where you're getting paid so much amount of money, and you're literally just not playing. It's like what what load are you managing? There's no load. Well, you're right, not doing anything. Especially like if if you get to the playoffs and you're still missing games and taking out games, you're really like what are you loading for? Now you're just taking money to not play and not like, you know saving it for anything. Like I'm pulling oh, it up yeah. right now. He has played He's Kawhi Leonard is only averaging 22 6 and 4 in Hold on, let me see how many 30 he hasn't even played half of the games and he's only averaging and he's your best highest paid player and he's barely getting over 20 and like we've said an inflated offensive season and like he's only shooting 35 percent from three so it's like what dude you got like feel like he never plays there's a I, I swear every single time i see them on the on tv there he's not there and it's just one of those things where it's like I, I like I said, I understand load management and I, I don't hate it, but it's a lot like look at the Nets last year, right? I know it wasn't so much load management as it was Kyrie's off court drama and everything, but <laughs> he wasn't on the court enough, so they couldn't get a rhythm going. So by the time they were able to make it to the they made it into the playoffs because of their talent. But you once you get there, like you Talent's not going to do it if you guys don't have the the rapport and the chemistry going on and you're not in sync with each other by the time they hit. Yeah. And like we said about uh, LeBron being old and like we've seen with with Chris Paul, in the playoffs, the games are every other day. They're all the time. You don't have time to rest. You have to play in the games. If you're not, if you're not doing that, you know, if you're not getting ready for that at some point during the regular season, you're not going to be able to do that in yeah. uh, April, May, and June. Yeah. But... So, I just, but yeah, that's fair about the Triple J. Like I said, I don't hate it. It's just, I've been a De'Aaron Fox fan since he was at Kentucky. So, like, and he's been in the league long enough. That's the other thing. That's one of the main reasons why I want him over uh, Anthony Edwards. Like, Anthony Edwards, stellar year, however, comma. Uh, Anthony Edwards is what? This is his third year. De'Aaron Fox has been in the league for a little bit. Give it to the dude who's been here for a while. Because let's be honest, like I'm hopeful that this uh, winning formula stays in Sacramento, but there's no guarantee for them that no. they're going to stay competitive like this for where he's going to actually have a chance at multiple all-stars. I was going to say, plus, I've, I have a pretty good feeling Anthony Edwards is going to have a nice career. Anthony Edwards is going to have a very long, successful career. I don't know if it's going to be in Minnesota, but 
he will be a dynamic player for a long time, and he will have oh, yeah. plenty of all-stars coming his way. Um, but let's talk real quick about the the new changes to the all-star game. I know, Chris, you like you texted me when you first saw about it, but it's like, so no, as we've known in the past, since they've done the uh, the fantasy drafts, if we will, of the <laughs> all-star game, uh, they've done it like about a week or two before, pretty much. Um, for anyone who didn't know, it, they are now doing it literally right before tip-off. No way! I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, they moved Jared, it. It's right before. It is. The game. It is a pre <laughs> like before they. I think I don't know if it's like before warmups. If they're just gonna go out there do warmups and then LeBron oh, and yeah. LeBron like, and KD draft their picks or anything, or if they're gonna go out and like draft them like. I think like an hour before like tip off, mm-hmm. and then they warm up. But it's, it's supposed like, to be it is, really close to tip off. It's are they it, all gonna line up and you sit there and go, "I want you." Bro, it's <laughs> the, I don't think so. I kind of want it to be like it's the ultimate pick. Like everyone always says, like one of the things about the All Star Game is like it's the greatest game of pickup. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's cool. But like if you think about it, they are there All Star Weekend. They get what like three practices. So it's like okay, you're kind of like. But now it's like no, no, no practice. We're just. We all know how to hoop. We all hoop. Let's go play a pickup game. Yeah. And I, I want, think that. I want, I want uh, recess picks, bro. I yeah. Like so, like, that. obviously, like, <laughs> I you do know, want they have to be the, on the court. I want them to warm up. I want everybody to warm up on the court. And then I want. Not knowing who's going to be on their team. Exactly. I want <laughs> bro, that would be. Just with, this, with the All Star <laughs> squad. And then I want everybody to line up. And Giannis and LeBron get to have court. That's right. It's Giannis, picking. not Kevin. Yeah, literally. Like I'm talking like five minutes before tip off. Just get through the picks, do a little quick little like team meeting, and then tip off. You're you're yes. there, dude. That would that would that would be so good. Plus, uh, Joe Mazzula is coaching team Giannis. I think. I think he's on t- or yeah, team Giannis. Did you see I his remarks about him. it? He no, really I could not care less. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He's the he's the acting head coach of the n- team with the best record in the NBA, who is clinging to a one game lead over Giannis and the Bucks. Like he's got way more important yeah. things that are on his mind, which I respect. But still, go have a fun weekend. Like I'm just oh, ready. Yeah. The only thing that's left now is to see how much they're going to disappoint us with the dunk contest again, and then the three point shootout. Don't they have like, some they have an announced, player in the dunk contest? They did, like, last year, I think it was. Bro, all I know is that, like, bring back Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, bring it out, get Jaw. Last time it was... Get Jaw in there. Like, it, the dunk contest needs to go back to getting the actual stars of the league. Like, where's yeah. fucking Michael Jordan, Neek? Kobe. Uh, Vince Carter, Kobe, like <laughs> well, so stars. We need, we need to we need to incentivize them. So that's a fun idea. Is what what if, what zany idea? Like what Rolls Royce prize could we give these? Well, guys? I wouldn't even say that because if you look like if you look at the, the way that the players are today, which is one of the best things about why I love the NBA, like this generation of NBA, is like look at what changed the All Star game because everyone complained about the lack of like competition in the All Star game, and they were like, okay, well. We'll dangle prize money for your uh, charity of choice. And we've had some of the best all-star games, uh, definitely the best all-star games since I've been watching 
the last three, four years. Well, remember the last couple of years they've done the change to the score the format, scoring, which is the scoring. Yeah. The cha- that one, arguably the big, a bigger, like, a bigger change to the competition is the change of the I score think it, format. I think it did. It was the most change, but I still think the like giving them the chance to win instead of because like the MVP always won like a freaking what was it like a, a car or something like it was, yeah, like All Star game. Or something. It was like it was like <laughs> it was whatever. But now it's all of a sudden it's like no, it's for the team captain's like choice of uh thing. So it's like okay, you're, they're playing. And it's for a something lot of now. money. It's a, it's a half it's, a yeah. It's not like it, winner. Yeah, it's it's it's. it's 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 not it's not a small fee, and they still give a car. <laughs> they still I think. Give they still well, give the car Kia, too, bro. Like I, uh, <laughs> but hey, they sponsor the the proud the, the official proud sponsor of the NBA. <laughs> but so like I I like so well, I like so like that. what would what would what team based thing could we do? Like say the winner, oh. the the um, I don't know how we would do that. For the all-star, maybe each player on the winning team. Hmm. Help me out here, guys. What's a good, like, what, what, can we, what are we going to give them? What are we going to, what can we? I thought we were, are we talking about like the all-star game in general? Because I thought we were working on like how to incentivize the dunk, the dunk, contest. The dunk contest. Sure. Okay. Like, to so, me, it's just literally, it's not even that. It's just like, obviously not as big of a cash prize, but I mean, the NBA makes plenty of money worldwide. Thanks, China. We gotta have um, to be like bragging rights. There's there. Well, like, there's always bragging rights, but bragging rights they can brag brag, about. Like that, that's, bragging that's, rights doesn't matter anymore because if it did matter, then well, Zach so, Levine and Aaron Gordon and them would still be doing it. That's, I was gonna say that's that's one of the things about the the charity amounts is apparently I've been I've, I've read that uh, that's one of the biggest uh, like you're saying parts of the competition because the players will literally talk junk to each other throughout the season about like winning that like they, like they, it's been brought up about winning yeah, that like, much money and that stuff. That's, so and that's and that's like I said that's one of the reasons why I love the today's NBA is because a lot of the players like they're not the cocky self-absorbed uh stars that we might have had in the past and they're all they're doing it for everyone else and well, I respect it. Well, for the most part. I mean sure you're you're all there's always going to be exceptions to the rules. <laughs> but how about the winner of the dunk contest gets one free drug test pass? <laughs> <laughs> we all know HGH is rampant in, the, in, in this league that we love. Let's say we give them one free pass. It can't be during the playoffs. But you know what? That stretch in January where you want to rattle off 40 in a row, Luca, uh, <laughs> you go for it. We will not be up your butt. <laughs> Luca in the dunk contest would be terrible to watch though yeah no he has i was listening to a podcast uh with the guy that runs the oh what is it p3 the training uh program out west uh that measures like all the top athletes and stuff they've been measuring and training people for years uh they're they're the guys that said zion had like the highest vertical they've ever tested Mm -hmm. um luca has the, the shortest no, it's Jokic. Nikola Jokic has the shortest vertical of anybody they've I'm ever shocked. measured, and Luca has the second shortest. But Luca has the fastest ability to decelerate his body that they've ever seen in any NBA player that, they've ever tested. That explains a lot. That's that's what a lot of it is. Is he's able to change direction and stomp, not even on a dime, on like a, a you know a, a needle point. 
I don't yeah, know about that's... you guys, but when I watch Luca, I feel like he's just playing in slow motion. Like the way he moves. That's what like, he does. Like it feels like he's going so slow, but he's so like good. Like even <laughs> just recently, like I think it was I think it was might have been earlier today. Like I'm going through Instagram or whatever and I see and I come across a clip of LeBron on his uh the barbershop show that he has of where they were literally talking about like they asked him why Luca's his favorite and he's like because he plays at his own pace. He's never rushed. He's never in a hurry. He knows he gets to his spot. He knows what's going to happen. It's just like, okay, I'm either going to, they're coming out on like they're hedging the screen. All right. I'll beat you off the dribble. Oh, they're falling back. Well, I'm just going to do my little step back. Boom. Is it's just, he makes it look so easy. He does. And it's, one, it's, it's one of the reasons basketball is my favorite sport to watch is uh, the, the, the genius is when you watch the genius at work in any sport, it's amazing. But watching a, an NBA star who's figured it out, it's it's you, you, it's almost like they figured it out before the game has started, and they're just taking upon their role that has already been laid out for them. And like, and we're talking about a 19, 18, 19 year old kid. Literally, he's had it figured out since he stepped foot on an NBA court. Oh, yeah. Well, he was the Euroleague MVP at eighteen. He was he, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's been he's been there. His mind he's been, has been there. And like, and he's won, I think, what two Spanish championships with Real Madrid, if I remember, at least one. He definitely won one. He won one for sure. But I think it was two when he was like, and one of them, and like, he was been a pro since he's been like fifteen because Europe's different, and how they deal with like professional athletes in terms of like age restrictions and stuff. And so he's literally been playing professional ball for almost already half of his life. Crazy. And he's already said, and like everyone agrees that like the rules because the euro euro league follows fiba rules and it is fiba gives zero fucks about offense <laughs> there, there's no three seconds there's no like goaltending so it's just like like you just get fucked dude like good luck scoring good luck exactly when you, when, you, when you have when you have a seven foot lithuanian dude just standing in with his arms up in the air in front of the basket for the entire fucking game. It is. It's it's different. And I mean, Luca, Lucas and other people, players have said this. Uh, it, the NBA is a lot easier to score in. Um, but it, it it's just different. It's just different basketball, and it's it's so much fun to watch. Mostly because of how different it is to the NBA nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's just oh, Luke, it, Luca and Jokic, man, just are just two guys that, like you said, Chris, they've. They're just so incredibly intelligent about, and they do they do so much work beforehand that by the time the game comes, I was just like, they're just like, this is what was supposed to happen. And like this, is, here you go. And honestly, Giannis has gotten to that point too, throwing in throwing in the foreigners. I mean, he, which is amazing about Giannis is that we all, I mean, we all probably watched the same draft together, but we all watched him come from a, a unknown you know, player with high defensive upside to becoming the world stopper that we've been watching for the last five years. He's, he's equally he's, as amazing to watch. Plus he stopped. He didn't start playing till like how old he, he, hasn't uh, been he was playing as long as everyone. No, nah, he was, he was definitely, I think he was at, I think at earliest, maybe 13. No, he's yeah. been around. He's been playing for a while, but he was, he wasn't was he? like, he wasn't able to be in the system as, as much as, like Luka yeah, was, or even like Jokic, because he was, he was, I mean, begging on the streets for food when he was a child. Yeah, yeah you're right on that. But like, 
That's but he was playing. That's one of the one of the earliest. I think the earliest scouting video I can remember watching him. It looked like a Greek YMCA. That was supposedly <laughs> yeah. like their B level <laughs> professional league, uh, and it was like a sped up version of the game. Then he was just racing around all these like five foot ten. It looked like a bunch of uh, Micahs and Jareds out there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just it's just amazing to think of where where the game's been because now we're looking at a league where what the four best players in the league are foreign born. When you and got not only Jok- that, I saw Jokic, Luka, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. And yep, I, I just saw a list. It's something like the top, like eighty to ninety, like the ninety percent of the top ten or fifteen rebounders in the league are foreign born. Like that skill well, is becoming obsolete, or not obsolete, but out, eroded out of the American well, game. You think about well, yeah, the well, most hyped draft pick for next season, Victor Wembanyama, French. Yep, French from I can't remember what. Because I know he has ties to Africa too. I just can't remember what country. I, I'm sure, obviously, a former French uh, territory, but he's coming out of France, and I really hope he is one of those prospects where I'm sitting here hoping that he is every bit everyone thinks he's going to be. I don't see I, his, his people that tall worry me, man. I mean, Chris Dams Przingis had me prime excited example. and. I mean, Yao Ming, back, even further back. I think there might just be a certain height where you can't do this game that much. Especially well, I mean, you think about it, Chet Holmgren hasn't even played yet. Right. He was. Yeah. He he did the Blake Griffin where he got hurt before his first game, and he's just out. And he's another one. And especially the problem is becoming more prevalent with how much uh, these kids are playing before they even get to the league or before they even get to college. They're doing AAU for years, or they're in the European professional circuit for years playing, you know, multiple games in a weekend and putting all this mileage on their body. When Binyama right now is probably equal to a third year NBA player 20 years for 30 years ago. That's true. So it's, I'm excited. I'm thrilled to watch him. He's amazing to watch. He's a blast to watch, but it, it worries the heck out of me seeing these kids be seven foot four, 200 Whoa. pounds and just not, ready not there i was so hyped for chet holmgren i was hyped when he was mark during march madness like i was hyped when he got drafted and then he hasn't like like you said he got hurt and he hasn't even played it's just like i want to see him play but like he he's 7 1 and 195 pounds yeah that's a bit yeah they oh. like hopefully they just they follow in line with with Giannis's and just like because People forget, like Giannis was being obviously like. I mean, he's six eleven's tall, but still not the what Victor's what seven four. Yeah, I think Victor's he's listed even. at seven four, but he's. I mean, that's gonna he's gonna grow. So it's just it's it is a little concerning, um, but let's move forward real quick because I know you're gonna have to dip out here, or I don't know if you want to dip out here now or. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity here now. That was good timing. Okay. Well, well thanks Chris. for coming and at least hopping on for a little bit to share some. Uh, some yeah, absolutely. Ex- thanks for having me, guys. You know, I I love to talk ball with both of you. Uh, and uh, like I said before, this uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy is about to come out, and we're all very excited. So maybe the next time I see you and see this chat is uh, to talk about that. I'd be done. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, because I will be <laughs> playing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right. Sounds good. Thanks, All fellas. Right. Later. Yeah. All right, Treads. So we have one more thing we want to go. I want to go over here. Um, and that was trade deadline. Obviously, we got Chris's uh, quick take on the big news so far of mm-hmm. Kyrie's trade. So let's. What's your take on? Because I know you and. <sighs> You and Derek in our group chat were a little higher on it, and I even came back and I'm just like, I'm gonna save this for the for the episode. But um, I I know I'm not I I have my reasons to to not like it. So I don't know if your mind's changed since that, or if you still think that it's a good thing. But either way, let's. What's your take on it? So I mean, I want to start out by saying that fuck the Nets owner or whoever the fuck the dude is the GM because yeah the GM whoever it was that uh said he purposely was not gonna have the like trade to the Lakers like he did not (laughs) want Kyrie to go where he wanted to go that well I mean fuck himself well first off (laughs) like agreed that's that's a little shitty but at the same time if they're not giving the best offer why would you take a less offer just to appease someone who has get done nothing but made your life hell for the last two and a half years? Because that's oh, let's face it, that's what Kyrie's been for the last two years. He has not been an, an asset on the two court. years. That's what Kyrie's been his whole career. The only man who eh. was able to control him, not even control since him, he left him. since he left Cleveland. I will give you that. Yeah. Once he left, he's been nothing but a headache since he left Cleveland. But because as a Celtic, and it fan, wasn't even that dealt the, with it first hand Dallas too. is. It wasn't even that Dallas's offer was that much better. They Lakers were in the running. They were like the top three or whatever, to like deal wise. And Either. he was just like, he's like, nah, fuck the Lakers. <laughs> like, All right. Well, I have my own personal opinions about that, but I'll let me. I'll get to that after I let you finish going on. Okay. So yeah, fuck the fuck. I think Sean Marks is the <laughs> general manager in Brooklyn. So fuck him. Yeah. All right. Carry on. Yep. Yeah, and. uh I mean, end of the day, you can't deny it. Kyrie is a great ball player. Like he, oh yeah, his handles as, are insane. He can as shoot, he can. As Stephen A. Smith says all the time about Kyrie, he is box office when he he's plays. phenomenal. He's just a piece of shit off the <laughs> court. Like, I don't want to. I feel like that's just. I don't know. Like sometimes part of me sometimes where I'm like, oh, that's a little too harsh. But then there's other things when he <laughs> does do something like douchebaggery. I'm just like, bro. But like, I like not playing, like finding reasons. It almost always feels like to not play. Like there are some things he's done where he had that's kept him from playing where I was like, dude, good for you. Go for it. Do what you got to yeah. do what you think's best. And then there are other times where I'm like, all right, come on, man. This, this is the petty shit. He's he's just a piece of work, but I mean you can't deny, at least on the offensive side, his abilities on the court, and that's Absolutely. what I was excited for. Is because just him and Luca as a duo, offensively, is going to be gross. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun to watch. Mavericks I mean, will was, sell a lot of tickets, and they will have oh, a yeah. lot of national televised games. I mean the the few amount of games that Kyrie and KD played. They were, which is like less than twenty five percent of the games they could have played. Just yeah, so you it was know. bad. I it was I I'm aware, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it was still good basketball. Like 
he's just uh, one of those players that when he's four on oh, the court and four he's oh playing, sweet baby oh stop good it. basketball hey they were both played <laughs> all four of those games <laughs> but uh i mean regardless yeah. he's he's no he's they were always player. fun to watch yes but i'm definitely going with what chris is saying it luca's not they haven't done anything for luca like they well, really they've haven't. tried it's just nothing's worked i don't think this is i i think this is another thing where it shows mark cuban trying to a get help for luca so that they trying. can Make the next step, which I always will. I will. I always appreciate the owner, especially. I love Mark Cuban. Like I don't know if I've. Oh yeah, he's great. Like I make it no secret. That's just one of those things where it's like he's he's great, and so I appreciate that him. He's at least trying to show Luca the. Uh, like he's trying. He's showing him like we're doing. We're trying. It's just like that Kristaps move. When that Kristaps move happened. Everyone's like, "That's it, man!" Like, because Chris, like, even with Kristaps' yeah, injury, everyone just was hoping like Kristaps gonna come back. He's gonna be healthy, and we're gonna have the Kristaps of old because, because the injuries that he got, they're like they're not career enders like they were anymore. Like oh, ACL tears, like yeah, you're out for a while. You're, they're they're out for at least a year, usually with an obviously with an ACL, but like they're not the Sean Livingston injuries where yeah they have to become <laughs> a completely different player now because of yeah because of it uh so it's like i don't know it's i i'm hopeful for the Kyrie trade but at the same time with every Kyrie trade it could blow up it's like russ <laughs> you, you got to be hopeful for it but it, it ultimately is probably gonna blow up so all right this is this is this is my take on it um i will preface it with i might this might be coming from a slight point of bias <laughs> because no not not nothing it's not even against Kyrie or anything it's literally um, i have no problem with Dal- the fact that Dallas got Kyrie i don't like what they gave up because to me Dorian Finney-Smith is the most underrated one of the most underrated players in the NBA and to and i i will stand by this this next comment Watch next last watch last year's playoff run that to the Western Conference Finals that the Mavs had, right? Mm-hmm. Dorian Finney-Smith was their second most important player. He was he wasn't their second best player because Brunson Brunson and Luca dominated offensively, but what got them back in that Phoenix series? Their defense. Who spearheaded that defense that all of last year in that entire playoff push? It was Dorian Finney-Smith because of his flexibility. He was literally guarding anyone and everyone on the floor, and he did it, does it at a high level, and he can shoot the lights out of, the, of a basketball. So you're giving up, and like I said, one of the most underrated and your second most important player from a deep playoff run the year before because of his defense and the, his ability where he doesn't need the ball to be effective. When you have guys like Luca, you need people around him because of how Luca's usage rate and to that can be effective without the ball. He knew how to move, he knew how to move without the ball, he knew how to find his spots, he knew how to find holes in the defense for Luca to find him, and then when Luca found him, splash. Mm-hmm. And like so I don't like that they gave that up. Um again, I just I really love I like I honestly I think 
if Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn, because that's another thing we'll get into after I finish this little thing. <laughs> but there's apparently rumblings now that Durant might not even be a Brooklyn net before the deadline. But in my in my mind, I'm sitting there. I'm like, OK, the Nets got better. Like Durant comes back healthy. The Nets are a better team around him than what they were. Uh, obviously, you don't have the big name, the big name power, but like they got good pieces. Plus, they got three draft picks, a first round and two seconds. Uh, they also will. And they got Spencer Dinwiddie back. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, he's not what he what the I don't I can't remember if he made that all star game or not. It was like his last full healthy year in Brooklyn where he was like he was either an all star or he was just out of the all star game. It was but like he's not that player anymore, but he is still a great secondary scoring option. And when you're on a yeah. team where you still have, oh yeah, Patty Mills can score the crap out of a ball. Seth Curry can score the crap out of the ball. TJ Warren can score the crap out of the ball. Cam Thomas just proved he can score the crap out of the ball. And then you still have Dinwiddie out there who can still also score the crap out of the ball, just not as consistent as he used to be. And he's still a great playmaker. And because of his size at the point guard position is still a fairly decent defender. And then, but like back to the, so like, honestly, the deal, hell of a deal for Brooklyn. Like they, everything I've seen, even like, even like ESPN and like NBA.com, they're all just like, yeah, Brooklyn, big W on the, who won the trade um but like because then you look at then you look at dallas like you get rid of your best defender uh yeah. you bring in you lose chris Stapps for Zingas, you bring in christian wood i love christian wood by the way he's a great player but he is a deceptively bad defender <laughs> and i say that because people is like normally you say deceptively good defender because it doesn't look like he would be that great but he is no his stats say that he's a good defender because he is a great shot blocker. But do you know why he's a great shot blocker? Because these little guards blow right past him because he just can't he can't stay with it. He he's too slow to stay with the small guy, so they get right past him. But he's just long enough to just kind of you know swat it, swat at it, and change shot. But he's also like he's playing center as a six ten, two hundred twenty pound. And he's like, okay, you're going to match that up against fucking Jokic at 285? Or Joel Embiid at 280? Like, come on. He is bullied down low. It's just his length and like... So he gets bullied down there. Uh, Dwight Powell, I I guess he's a decent defender. I mean, their best defender, they they only... Their two best defenders now are you have Reggie Bullock on the perimeter who is underrated at defense and uh, Maxi Kleba who is a stud like i love maxi kleba too and he's a lot like dorian finney smith it's just dorian's a better perimeter defender than maxi is it's just and like when the two of them were together on the floor the the Mavs were completely well a thousand percent better team with luca like last year when it was luca jalen dorian finney smith uh maxi kleba and pick a fifth they were like Spencer Dinwiddie or something like that. They were stellar both defensively and everything. And now it's just like you're looking at a possible starting lineup of Kyrie, who I don't remember the last time I've seen him actually try to play defense. Luca tries to play yeah. defense, but it's not good at it. Uh, Tim Hardaway, who again, kind of like 
kind of like Luca, where he you can see he tries to play defense. He's just not very good at it. And then you finally get, and then like you finally get an actual defensive stopper in Cleveland. So where's the defense? Who who's stopping the best player mm-hmm. on the floor? You're gonna rely on Reggie and Maxi to try to guard everyone, and then hope Christian Wood and Dwight Powell can maybe block some shots. Like I know Willie Cauley Stein's also on the team, but or not Willie Cauley Stein. I'm stupid. He's not even on a roster anywhere. Javale McGee. Javale McGee's on the roster. So like you're mm. you're banking on a sen- realistically you're banking on like three three players to hold down your entire defense for your entire rotation which maybe in the playoffs that works because you're only rotating eight anyways and those are three of your eight but it just it takes away I was, a lot of flexibility that they had defensively which got them back in that series against phoenix I was surprised, but not super surprised that Phoenix was also in the running with getting rid of Chris Paul. Oh, Phoenix is in the, that's another Phoenix is another team that is pursuing Kevin Durant. Mm. So like, so we'll stop talking about, we both said our piece about the Luca and Kyrie thing. Um, but yes, there are some reports that there's a chance. It's not a guarantee or anything, but there's a chance now with the Kyrie trade that Brooklyn might be looking to just blow it up mainly for one real reason more than anything is the roster has no real star power. So Durant's going to mm-hmm. want out anyways. Uh, secondly, well, he's already tried getting out. Yeah. <laughs> and secondly, like the biggest trade piece they they might have is a guy named Ben Simmons, but the way that Ben Simmons plays and his contract that he has, no one is taking that like Brooklyn would have to give up more to get rid of him than just give him up to get stuff in return. So like everyone's just like, okay, so they're not really going to be able to move Ben. Like maybe you move TJ Warren, but you're not getting a big name for TJ Warren. And then if you do that, you're going to have to give up more draft capital and to get like another, to get another big name in. And so the rumblings is, blow it up like their team is their team's good like to me their team is good right now like without a star they are they don't look bad on paper now granted if they don't mesh they don't mesh that shit happens all the time but so there's been rumblings about Durant Phoenix has been a name Stephen A. Smith I almost wanted to come through my TV and slap him this morning when he's talking on first take because He's talking. He was talking out his ass, like <laughs> respectfully. Stephen A. I know you're not going to listen to this, but just in case, because <clears throat> I love Stephen A. Smith. He's one of my favorite like reporters to listen to about talk about basketball and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he said that the Celtics and the Nets are having some phone calls and taking some conversations, and then at the very end, he threw in the whole uh, "keep an eye on that Jalen Brown." <laughs> We're the number one team in the East. We are dominating everyone except for Milwaukee. And actually, Orlando. Now that I think... We're 0-3 against the Magic this year, by the way. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so, like... But either way, we have the best young duo in the in the league. We are not giving up Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Don't get me wrong. If there's a way that Brad Stevens gives away some picks and some of our players 
because we are we have a very deep team so like if he wants to give up i'd be even at this point like if it's like al or maybe rob williams as much as i love rob williams if he wants to be like rob williams marcus smart peyton pritchard and picks and maybe something else i don't even know like cash considerate i don't i don't fucking know i don't think it actually happens but if he could get kd to boston without giving up tate like just Tatum or Brown. Anyone else on the team can get traded for all I care if it means we get Durant, <laughs> Tatum, and Brown. That's one thing. But no, he yeah. said that Tatum, like Jalen Brown, going to get traded. No, that no. If Brad, no way Brad Stevens does that because Brad Stevens has, was the head coach when Jalen Brown, like he's been with J, JB from the start and has, and Jalen Brown is what? I'm shit. What like this? Probably the second best shooting guard in the entire league. And I'm just saying that not to sound like a egotistical Celtic fan. <laughs> name name another shooting guard. Like I would I would jump to Bradley Beal, but he hasn't really played for Washington. And even if he has, me not realizing he's played for Washington this year proves my point of how Brad Beal's playing. Um, Devin Booker. If you anyone says Devin Booker is better than Jalen Brown. I would slap them because they don't know basketball because Jalen Brown plays a thing called defense. Yeah. Um, so like I'm sitting there because like who Donovan I Donovan, I would put, I would give Donovan the edge over Jalen Brown for sure. That's, I feel like that's more than fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work my way through the, through the teams. I, I I'm I I'm sure I'm skipping I'm overlooking someone real really quick here on like trying to do it off the top of my head but because Clay's not the player he used to be so yeah no. I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay I, I'm gonna stick my ground Jalen Brown is the second best shooting guard in the league only behind Donovan Mitchell and even then I would say maybe not that far behind but definitely behind Donovan especially this year yeah. Donovan's been in a sh- whole other stratosphere this year. But either way, true. We're not. I've, no way we're making a deal that gives like swapping Durant and Brown. To me, gives makes us. It's a linear move. It doesn't make us better. It just makes us more in the luxury tax. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are there any other big trades you you think might happen before the deadline? Do I big trades? I think are going to happen. I mean. There's still been a lot of talk, and especially now with the Kyrie deal being done, which means the Lakers won't get it. Uh, apparently, the Lakers and the and the Jazz have been talking about Westbrook. We've discussed it briefly a little bit, yeah, in our, and like texting each other. But it's like Utah's now fallen at they're at the bottom of the play-in. They might be trying to finally fully commit to the Victor Wimbanyanas sweepstakes. So, but it's, at the same time, it's like. Who are you gonna like? Yeah, who are you gonna give up? No one... Like, because do you really want to give up Lowry and miss out on the chance of teaming up Lowry and Wimbanyana after Lowry Markin is literally gonna be a first-time All-Star this year? Um, I mean, maybe Jordan Clarkson send him back to LA. I feel like he would almost have to be part of that deal. Um, right? Because who else? Like, maybe Mike Conley, Conley and Clarkson. Because you gotta at that point, at that point, 
you're look you got to look at salary matching and Russ has a fat salary. So like it's like even if they like Russ might not be worth multiple players, but if you're going to trade for him, you're probably going to have to send multiple players for salary matching. Yeah. Uh honestly though, I kind of wouldn't hate that. Like Clarkson and Conley for Russ. Honestly, in my mind, like as long as financial works, if I'm the Lakers, throw in maybe like a second round pick or something. So it's Russ, the second round pick. Well, they've made it pretty clear they're willing to get rid of them second round. Yeah, picks. so like they're ready to get rid of any picks. You just you just make <laughs> like if now I'm only making this deal if I'm full blown committing to tanking, trying to tank and get and have a chance at Victor, uh, or just trying to get a higher draft pick. I would because Clarkson is. 30 even though he's started out the year hot he's still 30 conley is what mm-hmm. like 34 35 he's 35 yeah and as much as i love conley you know obviously he's been on the decline since he left memphis to go to utah in the first place so like you're losing two relatively big contracts just for one big contract gives you a little more flexibility you still get a veteran guard who can still perform as well as a starting point guard um, and hell, who knows Russell in the thing where he's like, I wouldn't say the focal point because of the season Lowry's having, but like he'd be back more back in his Oakley C days where he's kind of like more of the guy right. who knows what could happen in, when he's in that setting. Um, another thing, it's a smaller trade, but it makes me happy as a Celtic fan. Uh, there's been. Apparently, there has NBA insiders has expressed that Brad Stevens has a great interest in bringing. Well, there's three players that have been on the list for the Celtics. All three of them. There's one, the Utah Kelly Olynyk, bringing Kelly Olynyk back to Boston. I would be happy. <laughs> um, that one I think is more than reasonable. Like I could see that deal being able to get done fairly easily. Um, there's the other two that would be better, but I'm afraid of what we would have to give up. And that is uh, the San Antonio Spurs, Jakob Pertl, and the Toronto Raptors, uh, OG Ananubi. Mm. I feel like those two, like they're especially OG, because OG is still relatively young. Like, I think he's only like 24, 25. Um, He's a really good three and D like that's 25. So like, that's gonna, that would, I feel like that we would have to give up one of our main rotation pieces to get him. Um, well, he's one of the higher paid players on the road. Purtle, honestly, we might could get him for Horford. I don't know if I'd want to, but that is more sentimental than basketball sense, man. Big Al has like, <laughs> When when we when the Celtics signed Big Al in the in the offseason the first time we got him when he left Atlanta, like I don't know if you remember or not, but like I was happy as hell. Al Horford's been one of my favorite players in the league for a while, uh, just because I love the way he plays. He plays basketball, he plays the game the right way. Uh, he's a terrific human being off the court, and he does the little things that get overlooked, and that's what I appreciate about my about basketball players. I enjoy watching. And so, if 
but at the same time, he is like 36. So if we could, and Jakob Pertl's like he's 26. So I mean, like, I mean, I don't know how that would fit because that's one of the best things about our lineup is Horford is a natural power forward who just plays center when Rob Williams is injured. Mm-hmm. So, but like our defensive lineup of starting lineup of smart Brown Tatum Horford and Rob Williams is terrifying. But Jakob ya- Pertl it cannot play alongside Rob Williams. They can the two of them cannot be on the floor at the same time. Neither one of them mm-hmm. can shoot the three. And Jakob Pertl is a seven foot, two hundred and fifty pound behemoth of a white boy. So he clogs the plane and yeah. really hurts what Rob Williams does really well on the offense, which is pick and rolling and then challenging the defense vertically with his lob ability. But those are those are just three names, at least for the Celtics. OG Ananubi, honestly, he's a name like with as many times and with as many different teams as I've heard his name pop up with. I think he is the one person that I would be surprised if they don't get moved. Just because of like, you know, the adage when where there's smoke, there's fire. And mm-hmm. like I said, I've heard his name. Like I've heard his name being thrown around of like Memphis should be trying to like looking at him because I know he's on his contract year. Him and Scotty Barnes, who Scotty Barnes is literally the clearly the future of the Raptors team with Pascal, but like they are essentially the same player. Like OG's a better shooter, and but that's about it. But like they both are terrific defenders outside and inside. Uh, they both can finish in transition. Um, it's like, and they're both what I think they're both like six eight or six nine and two hundred and thirty pounds. Like even <laughs> physically, they're like the same player. So it's just like, one of them is going to be moved, and you're not going to move Scotty Barnes, who's coming off of his Rookie of the Year award. So OG is my one trade that I'm like, okay, I. I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get moved. Uh, again, with the Raptors, Fred so. Van Vliet name has also been popping around. Uh, I haven't heard any team specifically other than people saying like Van Vliet might be moved. So Barnes is six eight two twenty five, and Siakam's six eight two thirty. What's uh what's Scotty Barnes? Because he's got. I think he's about. I think he's six seven. Tooth? No, he, I just told you. He's oh. 6'8", 225. No, okay, wait. Hold on, because you said I could have swore I heard OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. Mm. No, I said Barnes. No. <laughs> Shoot. All right, well, what's OG then? 6'7", 230. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Three of their four best players, <laughs> and they're all the exact same build. And pa- and Pascal Siakam is playing center for him at 6'8", 230. Oh my just God. so that all four of just that the three of them and uh, Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. can be on the floor at the same time. Pascal Siakam is their Bro, center. Their whole team is pretty much six. Yep, eight. I know that's they all went for the undersized, super athletic, like Precious Achue, Thaddeus Young, Otto Porter. Uh, They're all within six, seven to six, nine in that range. Literally. Yeah, it's insane. The only one. <laughs> I mean, you got Fred Van Vliet, 6'1". He's not 6'1". Gary Trent Jr., That's, a, that's a lie and a half. 
Fred Van Vliet is. I'm as tall as Fred Van Vliet is the same height as us, bro. <laughs> to be fair, I am like six foot six one. Are you? I keep forgetting. Yeah. You are tech. Either way, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet is short as fuck. Yeah, for NBA standards, yeah, for sure. But outside of that, like, it's one of those deadlines where I haven't really heard like a lot of big names. It's I just I think the Lakers have to do something. Yeah, so that's why I think I think this is what this deadline's gonna be, is I think this deadline's gonna be like uh contenders making small moves for role for key role players that fit what they're trying to do and teams mm-hmm. like the Lakers who honestly like they realistically they might want to just fall out of the contention but when you have lebron and anthony davis and you're the lakers uh it's really hard to (laughs) do that and not get just abused by fans and everyone else uh for wasting yet another year of lebron still being a top five player in the world so bro i i saw this most ridiculous um what was it? It was like Jeannie Buss and her how many years of being the owner has only made the playoffs twice. One was the championship year. And the other one was like when they lost to Phoenix, when the Suns went to the playoffs, when the Suns went to the finals. Or was that just the play? No, that wasn't the plan. That was an actual. Yeah, that was an actual series. So, yeah, that would have been the two seasons, the year that they won. And then the year that Phoenix beat them, the the Andre Drummond meme year. Yeah. 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 I was just, I saw that and I was like, wow. I was like, well, that's because she hires fucking Rob Plink as a GM. He's like, we've, we've had this discussion. We've had this discussion on, on the podcast. (laughs) It's like, you hired a sports agent to be a general manager thinking that that's going to, and just because he was Kobe's sports agent, like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. Like, I'm sure, and like, obviously, he he is a terrific sports agent because Kobe got paid a lot. Oh yeah, like Kobe was always Kobe wasn't worried about Jack Diddley. I mean, granted, Kobe did a lot of work to to ensure that because you know he was incredible on the court. But still, you, you got to have someone in the boardrooms and stuff fighting for you. But yeah, that's just just because you're a sports agent doesn't mean you can just step into in general manager office and expect to be terrific, especially when you keep adding geriatric players. Yep. She okay. So Jeannie Buss as an over owner went seven years without playoffs, one championship and one first round appearance. Yep. That's rough. What the? Fuck? That's rough. As and that it's not even like as an owner, as it's just as an owner of the Lakers. Well, I mean, she hasn't owned like, any other team, so uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Is like you just being the owner of the Lakers, though. Like you, you have to reach. You have to play to a certain standard. Yeah, you're not. You're not your dad. Like your <laughs> your dad got away with not making the playoffs in those lean years after they trade they traded Shaq away because a it really wasn't that long. It was not seven years. And no. B, it was because Jerry Buss built the Lakers into what they were and what they are. Literally, like, you're you're not Jerry Buss. Like, no, 
no offense. So like yeah. you're you're not gonna get the same amount of love that your dad got or the leeway your dad got. I'd say as a Lakers fan, and I've made I've said this before, my biggest just frustration is the 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 ownership in the front office. Like they're continually just fucking they, up. Yeah, they keep <laughs> they keep making the wrong decisions, but all right. Um I don't have anything else. I think I rambled on enough. Yeah, I got nothing. All right. Winston's getting antsy. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll let you go take care of Winston. <laughs> uh, for everyone listening at home, we appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to listen to our dumbasses talk about shit that we pretend like we know a lot about. In reality, we know nothing. <laughs> so, we appreciate that from you. And we can't wait to welcome you to our next chat. Bye.